talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Shelby, I was in a coal mine <laughs> and I uh, caused a disaster. It, was this movie good enough? Did it have a bad enough Southern accent that I'm able to pull that out? <laughs> I wanted you to try your hand at a Russian accent, but I guess <laughs> it's fine. You know, I honestly did. I was practicing a Russian accent mm. on the way home while I was riding my bike and it wasn't working. <laughs> it was devolving into yeah. sort of like an uh, like a Saudi Arabian Indian oh, accent. Wow. And I thought, this is not <laughs> I'm not going to try this on the podcast. Yeah. Wow, look at that. You identified something that wasn't working and you decided not to share it with the world. If only um, everyone involved in this movie had uh, come to the same conclusion. So we went and saw (laughs) The New Mutants this week. Shelby, this was your first time back in a movie theater. How was it? Tell me about the experience. Yes, I mean, I think the last movie I saw in theaters was The Invisible Man. And um, I thought things could only get better, you know, because that was a jumpy ride, which I ended up very much liking. But, you know, there were things to expect to come later that I was stoked for. This wasn't one of them, but going back was uh, fine. <laughs> I We looked throughout the day to see, like, what showtimes to go to. And first of all, AMC had, like, 50 showtimes for this movie um yes it was like four o'clock four fifteen four thirty i don't know why because no one was at the movies we saw six people in the theaters while we were there and they went to a different movie i'm not sure what but but we were in a theater by ourselves like a pretty big like almost i don't know how many seats a lot of seats it wasn't one of the small ones and we were just there alone it was it was fine i think I was reading more about like theaters and COVID and what experts think. And I can see a lot of the concerns about a crowded, like a full house and like people eating popcorn and masks are down and you're breathing recycled air with all these COVID germs. So I don't think I'd be comfortable doing that. But going alone was like pretty low risk. It felt like Um, we kept our masks on. We didn't have any food. I don't even think AMC has concessions yet, at least not at the theater we went to. So we just sat there and watched a movie and it was nice to be back in the theater. It was nice to have the big screen and no distractions. And uh, do I wish it was for a better movie? Yes. But I mean, it was it was pleasant. (laughs) And it was short. It was not a long movie either. So that was nice. I when we were talking about going to see it i was sort of like oh it's a superhero movie yeah what is it like two and a half hours and then looked and was like oh hour hour 40 yeah oh okay well wow easy breezy how is the florida are they picking up in theater attendance uh if they are it was not for this movie (laughs) uh i like with your theater i think because new mutants is the only like real new thing that they had Mm -hmm. you know it's up against like inception or whatever else they're showing right that they had it a bunch of times uh there was they had a one a 130 a two and a 230 the one had like six people in it and none of the other three had anybody so i went and saw it at 130 was again the only person in the theater had my mask on didn't get popcorn or anything this time um so yeah it was very chill and they and like tenet which i was worried about sort of because that's the, the big movie that's coming out 
They started screenings for it tonight. Oh, interesting. There's screenings for it, at least at my theater, uh, all through this week. So there's like four showings every night till Thursday. And then it's like the full, you know, onslaught of from noon to 10, there's a showing every half hour or something. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I bet that I could probably also go see Tenant if I like I'm looking at this right with a basically empty theater again. So yeah, it's very once once we get more movies in the theater, I don't know if it'll be different. But also I was looking at the schedule thinking, oh, like what's coming up the next bunch of weeks? And I don't think that there's anything really big in theaters again until Wonder Woman, which doesn't come out till the beginning of October. So Mm -hmm. so it feels like that movie theaters are going to be open, but like fairly desolate for at least the next couple months. Yeah, I think the New Mutants was a, I mean, a safe enough release plan like it's not a high stakes movie they want to make a ton of money it's sort of just a throwaway they needed to get in theaters so why not test run it all um so i think it made sense it ended up making seven million dollars in its opening weekend so good for them (laughs) i think it was originally like before covid was projected to make around 20 million its opening weekend so obviously it did take a hit because of covid but that's $7 million that <laughs> they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Um, so I guess that's a that's a pro for New Mutants. And, um, it, you know, this is a movie that's been in the works for the better part of three years now. Four? Oh, yes. Let's go through this whole production <laughs> history because I was, like, salivating reading all of these <laughs> stories about the issue. So... This is from the director, Josh Boone, Mm -hmm. who directed The Fault in Our Stars with Fox, which obviously was a big success. And Fox at the time also, well, still, I guess, had the rights to the X-Men movies. And so he sort of went to them and pitched them, hey, I would love for my next movie to be an X-Men movie, something like not in the actual franchise but something sort of a spin-off and i guess it was pitched initially as like a hybrid horror breakfast club mm-hmm. movie set in the 1980s but with x-men <laughs> yeah uh, so i don't know how exactly the studio thought that this was gonna go from the jump because that just <laughs> seems like such a weird premise but i guess coming off of the fault in our stars they were just like this guy's great we'll give him anything and i mean to be fair I don't like X-Men, but I think the whole thing with superheroes now is that you do have to have an angle. And mm-hmm. um, and so the idea of it being like a teenage horror slash like breakfast club vibes, like I can see that pitch working like that would give me pause if that showed up on my desk and I was like reading boring like origin stories all day and suddenly it's like oh four kids hate each other and realize they have superpowers i'd be like huh so i was i can see why they saw potential but i guess the writing of the script then went very poorly (laughs) and josh boone and his partner nate lee were very like unwilling and reluctant to take script notes that they brought in i i think like around eight or nine different script writers on this to give notes and feedback. And they were sort of going through this endless cycle of like the other person would give notes. It would go back to Josh Boone. He would basically get rid of all of the 
things that the new person had added in and then it would go back to the to the new person again and then it was so bad at one point that they had to do like a round table where they flew in Josh flew in these other scriptwriters had the studio and everybody sort of like went through it piece by piece and sort of decided that they wanted to get rid of the 80s element get rid of the breakfast club and just go with something that was more straight horror mm-hmm. and but that they also wanted it to be pg-13 because they wanted it to appeal to kids so it sort of had jump scares but it couldn't be too gory it, it just like from before even shooting it feels like this was a mess mm-hmm. yeah too many hands in the kitchen and i don't know why that they would then put it into production i guess they think that well i've spent so much money on the script we <laughs> might as well go for it but the other thing is that horror movies are notoriously cheap to make because they don't have a lot of special effects they don't have a lot of different kinds of shoots or locations you know they're usually in a confined space especially this one which is sort of set at like a, a asylum or hospital type place so it's a lot of just like shots in a hallway shots in a room that would have been very easy to So anyways, in April 2017, way back when, they announced that this will be coming out on April 13th, 2018. This is before they begin filming. They start filming in July 2017 in Boston. And then post-filming, the director, Josh, like puts together a cut and apparently Fox does not like it and is like basically we need to do a, a full overhaul reshoots and some and i read this quote in an article from one of the like executives that said you could throw the movie out start over and it would still be the least expensive x-men movie to date and so i think that's basically what they were planning to do at that point was get rid of as much as possible and just like keep slight bits of it i thought i thought this story was and maybe this happens later in its iteration but i thought they did like the cut but then it came out and they realized horror does work and so they wanted a more horror focused movie and so they wanted to go back to boone's original concept because they cut that like original trailer and made it seem very 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 dark horror And everyone was like, oh, yeah, New Mutants, cool. And so then they had to live up to the hype they'd created. But maybe I was reading a different article. (laughs) Well, the article that I read sort of said that that was the official storyline of the reshoots, (laughs) but that actually that they just hated the movie. Okay, that that makes more sense. But that, yes, there was supposedly going to be these reshoots. So (laughs) in January 2018, they, they say that they're... Uh, changing the release date from April of 2018 to February of 2019. So pushing it back like almost a year for all of these supposed reshoots that are going to happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then two months later, they bump it back another eight months to August because they want to, because Dark Phoenix at this Mm -hmm. point is also coming out, the other X-Men movie, and because New Mutants got delayed, then it was up against Dark Phoenix, and so when the studio was looking at the two of them, they decided, ah, let's bump New Mutants back even more Mm -hmm. and give Dark Phoenix some space to breathe. Well, turns out Dark Phoenix was also (laughs) terrible, but I guess they didn't know that at that point. 
So then we move into the next phase of this, which is the Fox-Disney merger, where Disney buys Fox out. And so they have all of these Disney movies that are scheduled, all of these Fox movies that are scheduled, and are trying to figure out how they should uh, focus these all together, sort of like shuffle them all into place. And it comes out at this point that the reshoots that they were originally going to do have never happened. So, so all they have is what was shot in the first, you know, chunk of filming. And apparently for most movies, there's like, even if there's not reshoots, there's like pickup shoots that uh, for a couple of days that are factored into everybody's schedule just to kind of like, you know, figure out if there's things that didn't really work in the, you know, original days of shooting. And those never even happened. (laughs) So they only have the, like the, first set of footage to use and at this point it's been so long that they can't do reshoots anymore because all of the cast who are all you know teenagers are too old so they won't even look like they're the right age for this Amazing. so they bump it back to april 3rd 2020 because of the schedule and they're like well we can't do reshoots anymore uh we're just gonna like sort of dump it in april and then, of course, COVID happens. So there we are. <laughs> I, so obviously, this uh, this is, has like a long fraught history, mm-hmm. and we knew this going to see the movie. Did you feel like that there were specific parts of this that you felt were either Frankenstein-y or didn't really work in some way? Because I was I was expecting something that really felt very disjointed, sort of like when we saw. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody and there were just pieces that didn't feel right and you could tell that there were two different directors who sort of like hadn't communicated and were trying to piece things together and especially I thought when I saw the short runtime that oh it must be so short because they just chopped out a bunch of stuff to try to make Mm -hmm. it work I honestly think I went back and rewatched the original trailer from like 2018 or whatever and I think what happened is they just kept the original movie. <laughs> so I don't think they had it. Like you said, they didn't have anything to Frankenstein together anyways. So it just seems like they realized the movie wasn't strong and they hoped to fix it, but then ultimately couldn't. And so they just released what they had. And um, I don't think the problem with the film in the end was that it was, you know, kind of slapped together. It's more that what they had even though it it fits all the hallmarks of like rising, falling action, it just didn't work as a story or an entertaining piece of film. So that was my problem with it more than like, I don't know, bad scenes or missing pieces or weird uh, framing or whatever. So then my other question about the release of this And maybe this is just all contractual obligations, but we saw them dump Artemis Fowl earlier this Mm -hmm. year, which was another one of these movies that we'd heard a lot of bad things about. They just put it on Disney Plus. Mulan, which is a bigger, more expensive movie, which we haven't really heard very many bad things about. They've decided that they're not going to put that in theaters. It's just going to go straight to Disney Plus with this like premium fee. Are, like, why are you surprised that this went to theaters? Do you think that helped it? Do you think it hurt it? Oh, like, I'm, I'm surprised what? it went to theaters, but I did see that the director, um, Mr. Boone, said that 
the contract stipulated that there had to be a theatrical release because there was a moment I think like a few months ago where it looked like it was being released on Amazon like it popped up or something and people were like oh finally it'll be streaming and then they removed it like within the day and so I think they probably wanted to (laughs) try and just slip this into streaming somewhere. But it sounds like whoever's end of the contract, there was some sort of clause that it would get a theatrical run. And Disney was like, well, we got to try something. We have this (laughs) like like, this thing that nobody wants. Let's just put it out now. Because I also think that there is a that there was a world in which this movie did well in the fact that or coming out in coronavirus times right at the beginning, because you could think that, well, it's not going to have very much competition in theaters for the next couple of months. So maybe if it gets like a good word of mouth or people just want to go to theaters and this is there and it's connected to X-Men that it sort of like (laughs) builds up steam and makes more money. But if with only making $7 million and really there's nothing competing against it in theaters and it was showing a million times, I don't know how that this is going to make any money going Yeah, forward. so I guess I'm curious. Like, did you like this movie? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're kind of team New Mutants. I think that because I thought it was going to be so <laughs> bad and it sort of made sense, like the plot line and it was short... <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, we can get into that, but like, and that it was short, that it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, if that makes sense. And this is a thought that I had after leaving the theater. I don't think this works as a movie at mm-hmm. all, really, in in most ways. But I was thinking to myself, I think that this would work if it was a two-hour series premiere of new mutants the tv show (laughs) like a 10 episode season and this is like the first two hour long episode i think that maybe it works in that situation but otherwise uh no i think that this is a bad movie (laughs) this is interesting to me because you don't you famously do not tend to like superhero movies no but i do like the x-men movies Mm. but this really isn't even a superhero movie that much right it's the breakfast club meets uh yeah it's it's more horror breakfast club than superhero (laughs) uh because i guess to set up the plot of the movie there's this girl danny she is uh part of the cheyenne indian tribe her tribe gets wiped out at the beginning of the film in uh, some kind of supernatural thing, possibly a tornado. We don't really know. She wakes up at a hospital with these other mutants that are there. There's five of them. There's a doctor who's sort of looking over them. And apparently they're... She's a very cosmopolitan group of people, too, from across yes. the world. <laughs> Yes, we have a, a we have a Russian, mm-hmm. uh, an Irish girl, someone from Brazil, mm-hmm. and then someone from the <laughs> mines of undisclosed <laughs> southern yeah. state in America. And there, she's told that she's a mutant. She's uh, an X Men, but no, they're not X Men. They're mutants. Well, okay. Okay. Whatever. Same. X Men study okay. under Professor X. Okay, they're part of an elite. Oh yes, I guess. Team. I guess that mutants. would be true. Okay, not everyone who's a mutant can be an X Men. Gotcha. Thank yeah. you for clarifying. 
So she's a mutant. We don't really know what her power is. She doesn't know what her power. <laughs> Nobody really knows what her the power movie is. Doesn't know what it's but yeah, yeah, the movie doesn't know. But she's there, and we slowly realize that this facility that's supposedly <laughs> helping them figure out their powers is actually. Uh, like a government-run <laughs> conspiracy. They're keeping you locked up. They're going to use you as a weapon in the future. Uh, Evil corporation type no thing. No one saw that coming. Yes, <laughs> yes. That's not the plot of every movie ever. I think I recently talked about my feelings about X-Men because I watched the redo with them. Whatever. Oh, yes. And mm-hmm. I just have never really liked him. I feel like the powers get kind of weird and unbelievable and sort of surreal, magical. And they're just not really fun. And like this one, also, I had a lot of questions about the powers. Um, but what was more frustrating to me as a viewer was just like the stakes of this movie were never really like... I don't know. I don't know how to explain. I was like bored through the film and I was just kind of like, what does any of this matter? And every sort of jump scare just felt sort of perfunctory where it was like, oh, we need to find out what this character's greatest fear is. You don't know why yet. And so we'd get their greatest fear in some sort of nightmare scenario. Wake up to daylight. No one talks about it. You go to the next night. It's someone else's greatest fear time. And it was never like the exposition was all there, but it also wasn't really exposing anything interesting. And I get that this is based on a comic. Like I don't understand the full rich, vibrant history of these stories or characters that maybe is present in those original comic strips. But what I got in this movie was just a lot of like, just kind of empty feeling characters. And I think that kind of makes sense when you know the the creation of this story and how he originally said it in the 80s, but then decided, nah, that doesn't matter. And so it's sort of set in today's world, but also with no, absolutely no reference point for it. So it's just like these teenagers don't really feel like real teenagers. There's no like fun or interesting nods to like culture today or just like, I don't know. There was, it was like they could have all been 40 years old and the movie would have worked the same. Nothing really like stuck. It all just felt sort of superficial. And that that applied to the the you know, the the villain or what not really a villain of the story and the government facility. I mean, I don't think it's government, this shady facility and the doctor who you never really figure out is there. Like it's just everything was just like framework for a story that was never really explored yes and that's why i was saying that i think it would make a good (laughs) a good like first episode of a tv series or or whatever it has that feel where here's the cast we have to set everybody up you have to meet everybody but there's not really that much plot in it necessarily just because there's so much of setting up all of the characters and i mean when this happens every year when we watch all of those fall pilots well Mm. not this year because of coronavirus but you're watching them and there's a lot of like setting up everybody and setting up everything and then it would maybe sort of fall into place in later episodes but i think it's hard to talk about this without talking about sort of the spoiler of this i don't know who's (laughs) watching this or who cares so we're gonna spoil it right now but the problem with this movie is that the horror elements, uh, the, all of these nightmares that are happening 
are you're trying to figure out who why they're happening like is it a bad guy and you realize that danny's superpower is that she can sort of get into people's mind and make them see their greatest fear a la like a pennywise kind of situation but that because she's new and she doesn't really understand her power this is happening without her knowing Mm -hmm. but i think this movie would have been better if it had not been weirdly psychological and we would have just had an actual bad guy. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I think my problem with it was more, okay, and this is a lot of the X-Men lore for me, is your argument is that these are mutations. This is a a DNA-level event happening in these people. So your power has to make sense on a level like that. And so like, sure, you spit acid, fine, whatever. Your DNA makes it happen. Cool. One guy in this movie, he lights up like a human torch. Congrats to him. But then you have these (laughs) two super weird powers, which is one, Danny's, where somehow it's not even just that she has a psychological like she can't like it's not just like telepathy where she's like oh look at this dream i'm making you live it's real physical influence where the nightmare comes to life and chases people and has the ability to literally kill maim destroy people and (laughs) situations so it's like how does that power work can you please explain it to me like how how does she have control over that? I just want to know, like, where is this materializing from? Shelly, clearly it's magic of some variety yeah. because the, in the other girl, her that arm turns another, into a thing yeah. with the sword. She can go into other dimensions. There's a dragon that's following. <laughs> there was just a lot. And this is what I found yeah, out. I did whatever. do a little bit, like a tiny five minute research. So in the comics, both Danny and the Russian whose name I'm sorry, I can't remember. Um uh Ileana Rasputin. <laughs> yeah, Rasputin. Mrs. Rasputin. Um they truly whoever <laughs> wrote this comic or the movie was like <sighs> give me a nationality and I'll come up with the first name that pops into my head. It's like Russian, Rasputin, uh, Native American, Moonstar. It's like are these names that anyone actually has yeah. or did you just put them on there because they they, they sound like yeah. whatever country that they're For coming sure. from? And like, but what I did find out, and I don't know how far this goes into X-Men lore, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on it because I know true like comic book nerds are going to come at me for misrepresenting it. But these two characters at least both also have magical elements they gain, like like these Rasputin ends up being a sorceress so I think that's part of why not only she can can she teleport which I'm like okay fine that's fine that I've seen that in X-Men I'll allow it but then yeah she has this weird ability that's never really explained where she can go into a magical space but also bring the magical space to I don't know weirdness oh yeah I I hate I hate that (laughs) I and they do that sometimes in the X Men movies where or not the X Men the Marvel universe where people come up with sort of add new powers to the ones they've already (laughs) have it's like these only are fun to watch when we know exactly what the powers are and then how do you work around them (laughs) Maisie Williams power is that she can turn into a wolf like great that's a power that I like we know what do wolves have they have into half a wolf they have good vision (laughs) they have sharp teeth they can run on all fours like I this 
this makes sense. Yeah. The guy who turns into fire. Yeah. Love it. Great. Straightforward. But then the what even is Charlie Heaton's power? He's a rocket launcher. I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, he goes really fast. He's like really fast, but he can't control it or something. Yeah. I don't know. But my main problem beyond uh all of that was yeah, just the the world this exists in, and there's another problem yeah. <laughs> beyond all of the fifty this problems we made. It's like you do you get this setup. It's a sole doctor. It's a lonely one doctor running this five person establishment. Or no, there's there's one, two, three. There, yeah, no, there's, there's five. five kids. Yeah, all of them kids, and she's there. She mentions like, oh, the um, my superiors and the kids are like, oh, some of them are like, this is a <laughs> this isn't a good place, but we're stuck here. And some of them are like, no, this is good. Like one day we'll be transferred to the next level of our training. It's like, no, this is clearly bad. Everyone would know this is bad immediately. They're like sent to like solitary confinement. Sometimes there's absolutely no rhyme or reason to this. There's not even like staff on hand. They have to cook their own meals. Like it's all very obviously bad. But what was just so distracting to me was how this facility itself worked because the woman, the doctor, I think has 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 assigned like voice command to all the doors and like lights and stuff because sometimes she'll just be running down the hall and she'll be like, open door. (laughs) And it works. And that's it. (laughs) But simultaneously. She has an email system that is like from the 90s where it like slowly loads and you watch it like type out and it's like, oh, da, 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 terminate subject. And it's like, and then you find out it's like zooms in. Well, maybe that's from the eight. It's <laughs> exactly. from the 80s part of the script. It's they were like, like keep the computer. Makes, this is fine. No one will notice. It's like, and then it zooms in on this Essex Corporation. And it's like supposed to be a big reveal, I think. But Rob and I were both like, what is this referencing? And I guess there's a throwaway mention of it in um, Dark Phoenix. And maybe one of the other <laughs> X-Men movies. LOL. Yeah. No one saw oh, Dark Phoenix. I think Phoenix. Logan maybe mentions Essex because oh. they're also collecting kids or whatever yeah. in that movie. Yeah, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure that it makes yeah. sense within the world of X-Men, but they blah, take blah, blah. No and if this was a TV series, it would to work. to explore that. And then, except for they give Danny a vision of what the Essex Corporation is. And it's just another training facility with children who look much younger than these five mutants. So I am very confused by what this facility in particular is meant to do. Like, they weren't learning anything. They weren't doing anything. They weren't trying to control their powers. They weren't being indoctrinated with, like, like, you know, propaganda. It was just, like... They were doing yoga classes where they just recited control over and over and over. <laughs> yeah, there was like some group <laughs> so, uh, uh, therapy yeah, session. Had no rhyme or reason. No, con- no, like authority. No, nothing was happening. And that's what I was like. What is the point of this? Like exercise right now? Like why these five ch- kids? And then you find out like towards the end that Rasputin finds her file and she's like, oh, I have been, I have been chosen to be a murderer for the Essex group. <laughs> and it's like, well, then what are you still doing here? Like, what is this? I just want to know. Training. <laughs> Some variety. Well, Charlie Heaton does go out and attach himself to that yeah. boulder and fly <laughs> around. Like so I don't, maybe they he's are just like 
the wolf girl is like oh yeah he just is trying to like understand his powers so he can't though (laughs) and it's just like what are you children doing right now can we okay can we talk very briefly i think we should go through the characters but maybe let's start with with danny the main character who come to find out uh she can turn or project or something this very large bear and that's what killed her entire tribe and that is that the bear shows up again then later at the school and tries to kill everybody and she has to control the bear or whatever but also and multiple times throughout the movie we get various like bear themed stories mm-hmm. and anecdotes and mm-hmm. sayings mm-hmm. and none of them are doing <laughs> none of them are giving the same message they just all feature a bear <laughs> and I I think some of them don't even feature bears like normally they just swapped out whatever the normal (laughs) animal was in the story for a bear and then they try to pass them all off as native american Mm -hmm. legends and i was just like (laughs) (laughs) like how lazy was the storytelling and nobody clocked this as like could be problematic (laughs) because it feels very dicey. Well, they worked really hard to like find like people who could represent these characters as they were written. So like they did find a Native American actress. So like that deserves applause. And like they did try to find an Afro Latinx gentleman to play the Brazilian as is portrayed in the comics. But like they didn't find the Afro part. But they did find a handsome, you know light-skinned latino man to play so they made attempts to be pc and uh you know the thought the thought is what counts matt i guess hello it's better than pocahontas isn't it j- just just bring me a story that has a bear in it and we'll <laughs> we'll call it good uh so yeah so her so she has the power that's that she can make people see their worst nightmares or whatever. Uh, the actress playing her is Blue mm-hmm. Hunt, who I had never seen in anything before. Did you recognize no, her really from anything? No, they really did a casting search to find a Native American actress. So she's uh, debut. Okay. Mm-hmm. She's the lead. And then Wolf Girl is none other than Maisie mm-hmm. Williams mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Game of Thrones. Cute. A cute and little she's nod clearly to Game like of Thrones. The big you know, she turns into a wolf. Yes. Also, she looks 10 years old in this movie uh, because it was shot 95 years ago. And something that I did like about this is that her and Danny have start this kind of like romance together, which I was surprised by because Marvel in particular, (laughs) I feel like, has been so reticent to do anything outside Mm. of a, you know, heterosexual romantic relationship that when that was sort of the main emotional crux of the movie i was yeah. like oh oh well this oh, is oh yeah new. i mean i'm sure that's a part of what disney wished they could have reshot honestly they don't have a great track record for that <laughs> but it was nice it was like and it didn't feel forced it was just like yeah they have good chemistry why not like let's do this and it was like refreshing to see that because obviously there's a lot of lgbt representation out there but not always in these big or what people anticipate or hope will be big um temple films or sort of like these uh franchise chapters so it was like a nice a pleasant surprise unfortunately it just (laughs) 
um, relied on a story that didn't really work all together. But her her piece was interesting because she's like a torture. She's I mean, this is also what's so weird. It's like she was branded by her Catholic um, priest as a witch when she revealed her superpowers to him, which felt very like you know 1500s and not 2000 <laughs> not 1980s yeah so i was like what town was she living in and like sorry for that somewhere in yeah, ireland she still hold on she still held on to the like, catholic faith which good for her but it's also like i mean i've known a lot of catholic people who had to wrestle with a lot of self-loathing from the teachings of uh gay marriage and gay rights so it's interesting that never came up, but she also had a lot of trauma with the Catholic Church, but also still believed that demons can't enter the church, even though she was literally abused by a priest. So it's like, what are you, what are you fighting for here, girl? Uh, She's holding on to that. Faith. You know, I mean, good for her. <laughs> she, she had the W tattoo yeah. on her, and she thought, well, gotta, you know. It has to be for something. Stay someplace yeah. where they're going to know what this yeah. means. <laughs> Otherwise, people just got to have a W on me for no reason. No, it was all. And then, you, and then, uh, oh, sorry, we can go through the other tattoos. I just, I mean, the other characters. I just keep remembering dumb things that I really hated about well, this movie. I thought Maisie Williams was also acting circles around everybody else. She was like the most believable acting job i thought her accent you know worked <laughs> yeah and she was given the most to do especially emotionally um the guys both guys felt sort of like you know stock figures in this movie and even the russian just felt sort of like a joke and so i think Maisie was really the only character that that was like given an emotional background well because the what's the, the fire guy's name the actor is henry zaga who i guess has been in teen wolf and 13 reasons why and looking for alaska i didn't mm-hmm. recognize him it, what his storyline is basically he's like a preppy rich <laughs> kid from collars, that's brazil how you know. who's yes lots of popped collars which again like <laughs> 80s was this is this 80s uh he's sort of has a crush on rasputin but his storyline <laughs> is that he can Turn into fire at one, especially when he gets, you know, sexy time. Uh, he, he, he heats up and he burned his girlfriend alive. And now he's afraid of his, himself and afraid My of relationships. My favorite part of this movie was they're like running away and they have to take Danny's body, which is she's asleep and she's not waking up. And, and Maisie's like, I can't carry her. You have to. And he's like, but... <laughs> He's like, but I'll burn her. I'm like, this guy gets so horny just from holding a limp woman is in his arms that he just can't control his flaming like boner. If you hadn't been able to do anything for years because you were (laughs) burning up people, you have a lot of pent up energy, I guess. It was just such a funny little moment. You're having to carry a hot girl around your, you know, asylum, maybe a. strikes an urge i don't know charlie heaton who plays the uh uh, minor who 
who killed his whole family. I think this was the um, worst. Because he was claustrophobic in the mine and, and it set off his muta- mutation and he exploded out and murdered everyone. But what was interesting about that angle is that the doctor then was like, you can't go home because you'll go to prison. And I'm like, who is going to believe <laughs> that he is the cause for this mine explosion? You know, it's like... Also, do we know where this asylum was set you mean like did they say like what country is it like in england is it in the u.s i don't know if we ever learned that or if they ever figured that out that it was all just so weird i assumed it was the u.s because um uh, the majority of the students were from the u.s but i I think only two (laughs) right only him and danny i don't know Cause the, cause then the 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 watchman lady is Hispanic, mm. so I don't know yeah. where she's from. Yeah. She also has sort of like a sh- a force field right. power, which was, you know, whatever. Charlie Heaton though his his southern accent was <laughs> terrible. I thought he was the worst actor by far, and every scene that I had to endure with him slashing away at that dialect <laughs> was just ugh. yeah. Like next. Well, then you have Rasputin, who is uh, probably the more famous of the entire cast by now. Yeah, Anya Taylor-Joy from uh, Emma this year, mm-hmm. from The Witch, from, oh, what, the M. Night Shyamalan movie, um, yes. Split. Yeah, so, yeah, she's like this weird sorceress with her magical little <laughs> world limbo she goes to. And her nightmare ends up being the main nightmare that haunts these people. And it's basically uh, pretty dark. Um, As a child, she was kept in a room and men would come. And uh, I don't know what they'd do to her, but she'd escape to her little world. And and the implication to me was uh, sex trafficking of some sort. But it might have been just some casual physical abuse too. But anyway, she has this nightmare associated with these men who would always smile when she cried. And so then it becomes a sort of nightmare figure you see in the trailer with the smiley face mask. But then they take it off and it's like a disgusting, distorted, tall, lanky man with with razor teeth. And... And so at the climax of the film, it's like her nightmare comes to life. I don't know why hers and not the minors or whatever, but hers comes to life. And it's like, you know, they're fighting off these little demon smiley face men. And that was the moment in the movie where I was like, this doesn't make sense. Like, I just, why is this the climax? Like, why is this happening right now? Like, either... Like, it just, it felt messy how compact these nightmares were. So you had that nightmare happen, and then you had Danny's bear nightmare come. And it's like, well, when do these nightmares get to show their face? Like, who controls it, you know? Because Danny's not controlling it. Well, I guess it's Danny, but she's asleep (laughs) or whatever. It's sort of like her psyche's doing whatnot. But then I was thinking, okay, I could see how she has this superpower where she can make people see their fears she doesn't know how to control it and therefore these fears come out in different ways especially if she's you know unconscious Mm -hmm. because she's being medicated like she is in this part of the scene what i don't understand is in what scenario that would mean that the giant bear comes along and tries to kill her i I think because it's her nightmare and she's never like I, yes, I agree. It's a good question. The one thing I could come up with is that it's her nightmare, and like in the story she told of her legend of the bear, 
Well, one of the yeah, legends one of, of the, the bear. Legends is that it's it's it grows based on how afraid you are in life in general. So it seemed like at that moment she was her most, you know, afraid because she was gonna be murdered and all her But why is died. her own power attacking her? Well, because that feels it's... like it doesn't make sense. <laughs> With the mutate, like if it's an if it's an evolutionary thing or she whatever, she didn't learn to control it until she woke up and told the bear control, just like she learned from the evil doctor from the yoga class. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, that was what was interesting to me is this was billed as a horror film. It was like, yes, it would be PG thirteen, but it's horror, and I was just Barely. like, yeah, was I was boring. like, these jump scares are just predictable they hit every single note in every single one of these characters stories where it's just like here it comes and then it moves on to a new day and it's like blah 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 happy 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 whatever it never like really worked it never took root as a horror film and i don't know if that was from boone's failure to storyboard or fox's failure to get behind the real horror and go full r or something but it just was like i don't know how this would have worked in any in any year it was planned to be released well it's trying to do the thing from it right where it where it shows up and as all of these people's different worst fear but their worst fears are all really bad in it and it's rated (laughs) r so they can do a lot of gross nasty things where in this it's all a little bit sanitized because even with these creepy guys walking around with the masks and the razor teeth. It's like they don't really move very fast. They have a weird cartoonish look to them. Mm -hmm. And I was sort of confused as to how they, uh, uh, like how similar they were with what Rasputin had like gone through at some point in her life, you know, Mm -hmm. like, cause with the priest who brands Maisie Williams with the W when he shows back up as sort of the scary form. It's a it's a priest with a brand. Mm-hmm. It's very like a one to one. But then clearly this these razor teeth people right. weren't the actual people who were attacking the Russian girl. So I don't know. I yeah, know. This, it was uh, there yeah. was so many so many holes and problems. And then it was so short, which was merciful. But also, it, you felt like if they had had another 20 minutes, maybe they could have cleared up some of the stuff, but probably nah. not. So I don't know. They <laughs> I were felt just... like the climax like happened 40 minutes too early, and it was like a lot of bear fight for me. It was just like too much. Like each character had its moment to finally face off the bear, and it was like supposed to be this big coming together moment for the characters to like realize they like each other and want to save each other. But it was just like okay like can danny just wake up now so we can just stop this because it's just it was all just so predictable there were absolutely no stakes you knew that you knew that rasputin would try to fight off the bear would need help that the other guys would come up they couldn't do it that that um the wolf girl would try at the very end to save her new girlfriend and it would just become oh no will she make it and it was just like blah 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 like it's like none of it made me feel nervous for any of the people involved the worst thing to come out of this film for me was looking up josh boone and realizing that he's directing the version of stephen king's the stand which is coming (laughs) to tv this month which i was like oh i love that book and Whoopi goldberg is in it and i was like i'm in this is gonna be so fun i'm so excited and now i'm like oh gosh this is gonna be a disaster he's gonna wreak havoc to this thing there's no way it could be any good (laughs) well i mean at least that's more solid working material than 
I mean, no. Well, offense. this is based on a comic book or I something, know, right? But not really. It's it took the characters and made its own. Like it wasn't like the old guard that took a literal story, you know, that was already done in the comics. This just took characters and made up a story. You know what I mean? It was a lot yeah. of work on Boone's part. A lot of original creation that was required. Um, so we can agree that this is definitely a later. You do not need to see this in theaters. Oh, this is like a never. <laughs> yeah. I okay. don't think anyone wants this. I don't think Disney is ever going to acknowledge this in any of their Marvel or X-Men movies to come. I don't think I don't think you have to watch this in any sense of the word. <laughs> I don't know. This feels like all of these characters could be a big Avenger, <laughs> yeah. next Avengers tie-in. Yeah. Uh okay, lightning round. If you could animorph into any animal, which would you choose? Oh gosh. Uh probably some kind of bird, I guess. Cute. Like a like uh cuz I feel like flying is like a good skill that you would actually want to have, right? Cuz you're and not like if someone I, to linger and fight, you're one to get away. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. Also, <laughs> if you could just turn it. into a wolf, like who are you going to fight? They could just shoot you with a gun and you're dead. She so it's literally not... killed the evil doctor and maimed the evil bear. Like, what do okay. you want? Well, yes. Yeah. But I think that in a lot of other situations, she would not do very well. I would rather use my animorph power for sort of recon. Mm. And I think if I was a pigeon, like, who would notice me? I could be anywhere. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I could sort of, like, l- sit on your windowsill and listen into but things. Then, and also I could fly places. But then you'd morph back into yourself. And I feel like that means you wouldn't be of any help in any battle scenario, you know? Like, you would not. How many battle scenarios are we in, Shelby? You're in the X-Men school. You're a mutant. Oh, (laughs) well, if I'm having to kill people, well, then, okay, this is different. Maybe, like, a rhino. (laughs) Cute. But I also think that a bird could be useful to get information on the evil bad people. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I see your point. Um, Okay, who are you turning into? I think I'd do, like, a big cat, like a cheetah or something. Like a jaguar. Okay. Mm, I don't know how helpful that's going to be to I to mean... our cause, but um, okay. If we had to replace Charlie Heaton in this film with another cast member from Stranger Things, who would you cast? Would they be the same character? Yes, they're a southern coal miner. Mm. I think the uh, hot evil guy could do it the like brother of the new character who was the villain in the third oh season. yeah yeah does yeah. um, look like the one with the mullet yeah i and think the, he the, could the lifeguard he looks a little older maybe than he needs to be but but maybe if they let him you know lose a few pounds of muscle then he'd fit in i want the uh i want max mm. i feel like she would be good yeah. I like her. Yeah. You know, that would have been funny if they had like 18 year olds and then just this tween who was just. <laughs> just well, there. how old was Maisie Williams? I mean, I think she was like 15, 16, something. I don't think Max is that old. I guess at that point she would yeah, have been, yeah. but she'd have been six. But OK, confession time. What would your greatest fear come to life look like? Well, my greatest fear is a, is our caves. Oh, so I don't understand gross. how that really is gonna like. 
Well, I, she like makes you think you're walking into a cave whatever. and then you die of uh, claustrophobia. Why are you afraid but of where, caves? I mean, I there's no like inciting incident. I'm just afraid of them. No, I know. But I'm just saying like, is it the dark? Oh, like a being is buried it, alive. Well, I there, think. there you go. Easy. Done. She just buries you alive in your dream. Cause like in I'm this, just like in my room, and yeah. there's like dirt falling from the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, just like there's that okay. inexplicable bloodbath she wakes up in. Mm. Oh yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> so wait, what's your worst fear? I think my worst fear, aside from me dying, yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. Um, my, I mean, n- you know, not getting super dark, like you know, being <laughs> kidnapped and <laughs> murdered in a back alley. I think my greatest fear would be something to well, do that, with that. That could happen. I know. I know, but I think it might be something more like, like just bugs, like just spiders, you know, just like, ugh, just something really gross. Okay. With that. This is very off topic, but I thought it was interesting. I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about some video game or another, mm-hmm. which to cater to people who are afraid of spiders mm-hmm. now has a version of the game without spiders. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess that there's some kind of, and I was like, is this? Have we gone too far? Like, <laughs> well, is it like a game like Zelda where there's just like I don't know spiders in the grass and now there aren't any, or is it like a game where you're murdered? No, by I think there's a game where there's like actual spiders that are attacking people. I don't know, but I just saw that there was a a spider free yeah. version. And I thought that was interesting. <laughs> interesting. I don't know. Maybe I'll check it out. You know, maybe I'll play that version. Yeah, could be good for you. Yeah. Um, okay, my last question. In the theme of Josh Boone's filmography, mm-hmm. would you rather be locked in an evil insane asylum with uh, mutants where they're possibly going to use you at some point as a mm-hmm. weapon, or would you rather be locked in the uh, cancer ward Aww. of a hospital with your boyfriend who is going to die? Aw, this is so sad. <laughs> Really, a Sophie's really choice. Dark. Um, I mean, I guess I'd rather live out Fault in Our Stars than the New Mutants. But nobody dies in the New Mutants. Um, yeah, but but you, you do get to go to Amsterdam stuck. in the Fault I mean, in Our Stars. I don't know. Yeah, it just seems like there's better perks living in the real world. You know, I guess that's true. eating food and not having to clean up an insane asylum every night on your own but you could crawl through the ventilation shaft <laughs> for fun yeah <laughs> New mutants. so dumb here's my question what do you think was in the graveyard there was a graveyard they like hang out in the graveyard was it just like the old graveyard was it old mutants was it like because in the trailer it... it has just numbers on all the tombstones and not like names oh but that wasn't a part that of the movie. That wasn't in the movie. <laughs> oh, uh, I well, I guess if that's the case, then probably then maybe <laughs> mutants. But but if it was just like an old insane asylum, then it yeah. could have just been the people who died then. I mean, right. either way, it was people who died in the Back hospital. In the clearly, 80s. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, that was enough. You know, dark questions. Uh, Tenet is next week, Shelby. No, Mulan After- is. We'll have to flip a coin. Well, they're both coming out. (laughs) And there's truly nothing after. So we'll either do Mulan and then Tenet or Tenet and then Mulan. So it's anyone's guess. But we will get to both of them. Yeah. Some good films coming our way, hopefully.
Yeah, well, fingers crossed. Yeah. I am not. I, I feel. I don't have that much hope for Mulan Aww. or Tenet, honestly. Yeah, but I'll be excited to see them both. <laughs> yeah, and you can always find us on social media. We're at PS. You're wrong on Twitter and Instagram, and you can send us a review or let us know your thoughts via email at psyourwrong at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.